You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church, and I want to share with you the pre-recording of the message I'm going to share on Sunday on victory over stress and burnout. At the beginning of 2020, Generation Z was surveyed by USA Today, and they listed some of the things that they were most concerned about, their top 10 stressors. Uh, Number one, money, then health issues, work, family, personal safety, relationships, housing costs, job stability, the economy, and discrimination. And uh, I think that uh, those young people uh, have about the same thing on their list as many of us do. So those are all things that cost stress right now. The whole COVID thing causes stress. Are we going to get sick? Are we going to be able to continue on? Are things going to get better over the winter or not? So many things cause stress. And so I wanted to talk to you about stress, but uh, not all stress is bad. I mean, when we um, lift weights, we're putting stress on our muscles and bones to make us stronger, uh, increasing resistance so that we'll have more strength and endurance. But there is bad stress or too much stress can cause trouble. And the Lord knows how we are made. So stress relates to pressure applied either from the outside or the inside. Stress is a term familiar not only to the medical field, but also to the engineering and architectural fields. When architects design a building, they're careful to calculate the stress-bearing capacity of the foundation, walls, and roof. They estimate the effects of wind, snow, and ice, and then allow a generous margin of stress in safety. We need to have strong roofs to hold all the snow that we're going to get in a month or two. So, but God knows how we're made. God knows how we're formed. And he knows how much stress that we can handle. You know, we all go through troubles and we all have problems. Some of the problems in my life have been self-inflicted, a result of my poor choices. Uh, other choices, uh, other problems were the result of other people's choices. And some were the result of us living in a sinful fallen world. A poor choice that I've been making is that uh, my wife said if I had more vitamin D that that might help me to keep up my immunity and I thought you know vitamin D milk ice cream so I should eat more ice cream and so that doesn't really do good for the diet. Uh, I was real concerned actually not too long ago I'm like I wonder if my my suit still fits but I tried it on the other day and then I remembered I bought a stretchy suit and it does fit so it's all good but anyway um, problems uh, I have to declare that the Lord has been faithful to me as I've gone through difficulties and struggles and trouble he hasn't treated me as my sins deserved he has been kind and gracious to me over the years even when I've gone through the hard life crushing uh, things that could destroy a person the Lord has been faithful to get me through through those difficulties I have found victory in Jesus and we can find victory in Jesus over stress and burnout Uh, Keith Wenhart wrote some symptoms of stress overload, and maybe these are some things that you're experiencing. Uh, These are like the check engine light on your dashboard. If these things are happening, you might need to get a little help. Uh, Anyway, uh, decision making becomes difficult, both major and minor kinds. Excessive daydreaming or fantasizing about getting away from it all. Increased use of cigarettes and alcohol or prescriptions or illegal drugs. Thoughts trail off while speaking or writing. Excessive worrying about all things. 
sudden outbursts of temper and hostility, paranoid ideas and mistrust of friends and family, forgetfulness for appointments, deadlines and dates, frequent spells of brooding and feeling of inadequacy, and reversals in usual behavior. So if those things are happening, then you might be suffering a stress overload. Burnout doesn't happen overnight. It evolves over a long period of time and it often results from making too many commitments. So we uh, are saying yes to everything. We are doing things. We've got a full schedule and we think we're accomplishing a lot. And we can only go for so long before we wear out or burn out. We are like... Um, our cell phones or uh, those other things that are rechargeable. We can only go for so long, um, so fast, uh, produce so much before we get tired and need a break. So um, I was a junior high camp speaker uh, years ago. And so I would hang out with the kids and then I would speak to the kids during chapel time and teaching time. And then I would talk with their parents and then some well, a couple nights, we stayed up really late talking to parents. And then, uh, so I think it was like day three. I was so tired and worn out. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I just wanted to be left alone. That's a sign that I needed to recharge. And we need to make sure that we recharge so we can beat, beat burnout. What is burnout? Burnout is a state of mental, physical, and spiritual exhaustion resulting from too much stress for a long time. Pushing too hard, trying to accomplish too much, unrealistic expectations of others can lead to burnout. Psalm 37, 7 and 8 um, says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. And so, anger temper, rage, uh, worrying about what other people are doing and how they're getting ahead and their wicked schemes. And um, those are things that show that we might be getting worn out, burned out. And it says that we're supposed to wait patiently on the Lord to act and not to worry about those things. So we should be walking with the Lord, trusting in the Lord. But burnout can affect us at work, in family, in ministry, um, Sometimes when we're burned out, we just go and we do what's expected of us. We put it in our time, but uh, we just dread going there. We just can't go anymore. And uh, that is a sign of burnout. Burnout causes us to lose interest in our relationships, even our relationship with God. We get tired of everyone and everything and we get burned out. So burnout is a state of mental, physical, and spiritual exhaustion. So um, when we feel unappreciated, when we feel like we are the only ones that are doing the work and no one wants to help us, when we feel uh, resentment or bitterness or anger towards others, that can be a sign we're burned out. Uh, when we feel unhappy, when we have no more joy, we could... Uh, it's a sign that we are burned out when things just don't seem to have any meaning anymore. Burnout contaminates your vision, causing you to see everything in a negative light. Wherever you go or whatever you do, you won't be happy. Nothing satisfies you. Because guess who goes with you everywhere you go? You! Your distorted, burned out perspective ruins everything. So uh, I read a story of a little boy that snuck into the, his grandpa's bedroom. His grandpa was sleeping and uh, the boy put some Lindberger cheese on the grandfather's mustache and then slipped out of the room. Uh, later, when his grandfather woke up, he uh, sniffed a few times and said, this room stinks. Then he got up, went into the living room and sniffed again. And he muttered to himself, this living room stinks. 
and he walked outside to get some fresh air, and after drawing a deep breath, he yelled out in disgust, The whole world stinks! So, burnout gives us Limburger cheese attitudes. Wherever we go, we think, The whole world stinks. So, but it's not the world that stinks, it's our attitudes. So when we think the whole world stinks, we're probably suffering from burnout. We can beat burnout by remembering to laugh and not take life too seriously to try to find the humor in things. Laughter is uh, a good medicine. Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So it's good to laugh. Sometimes you can laugh at your circumstances. Sometimes you get in trouble when you laugh at people. But when we laugh, our brains release chemicals called endorphins that promote feelings of well-being and happiness. So a few things can promote physical, emotional, and spiritual health like laughter. So we need to laugh. And then if we could uh, have a friend or somebody come alongside of us that we can share life with, that we can share our struggles, our difficulties, and even the thing that's leading us to feel burned out. Uh, It's good to have somebody that can listen uh, and share our lives and uh, keep what we share with them in confidence. The Bible tells us that two people are better than one in Ecclesiastes 4.9. So, um, Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend is always loyal, and a true friend knows everything about us, but he still loves us. So, um, it is good to share what we're struggling with with someone else. So, we need to review our commitments. So, sometimes we are too involved. We have too many irons in the fire. Hebrews 12, 1 Uh, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So we need to run our race. We don't always need to be concerned about other people's races. It can wear us out. Um, I was riding my bike last Saturday, and I was about, I don't know, 15 miles out of town or so, and I had stopped to stretch and uh, get something to drink. And then another bicyclist went past him by. I don't usually see anybody out there, but uh, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine, and he continued on. So I let him go up a ways, and um, then I decided to, to chase him like a greyhound chases a rabbit. So I chased him, I don't know how long, maybe 15, 20 minutes of trying to chase him as fast and far as I could, and um, I was about to about to catch up with him, and I wanted to say, hey, hi again. But by the time I was going uphill, by the, when I was about to overtake him, and then I realized that I didn't have enough breath left to say anything. I was like, <gasps> so anyway, I uh, kind of hit the brakes and kind of fell back and let him go on his way. But sometimes when we run too hard, when we run too fast, we're not able to accomplish all that we want. Sometimes when we're focused on other people's races, other people's paces, we're not able to keep up. Or if we try to catch up to them in a full uh, all-out sprint, we might not be able to have enough energy to uh, finish the race. So actually, I was able to make it home. So that part was good. But anyway, we need to focus on what the Lord has called us to do, not focused on what everybody else is doing around us. But when we think about stress, when we think about the things that can cause burnout, uh, one thing is people. So people in our life, the relationship in our lives can cause us stress. So it could be a marriage relationship, a business relationship, a dating relationship. Um, Like getting into debt, it's much easier to get into a relationship than out. So marriage is a commitment. 
marriage is a commitment to one another. It's not just about feelings. It's You take a wedding vow and you're supposed to be with each other through sickness and in health. Uh, sometimes at work, you are put under a manager that doesn't treat you well. Sometimes uh, friends can turn against you or neighbors can cause you troubles. Uh, there's just so many areas of difficulty when we are around people and the Lord has called us to be around people. Matter of fact, Jesus loved the world so much that he came and he died on the cross for them. Uh, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So and we're supposed to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. But 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says that love is patient. And love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrong. So when it comes to people, we need to remember to do all that we can to treat people good. Uh, treat them better than they deserve. Uh, remember that God sees how we treat people, and remember that people can cause us a lot of stress. So um, fearing people, uh, fearing man is a snare, the Bible says, and it can cause all sorts of trouble. So I remember one time I worked in a place and the manager didn't like me for some reason. I have no idea why he didn't like me. So I did everything that I was asked for just, I don't for some reason, he didn't like me. It was really weird and hard to work under him because he didn't like me. But um, maybe I reminded of him, somebody I don't really know. But uh, we need to seek to please God more than people. We need to work as unto the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3.22 says, Slaves, so like employees, obey your earthly masters like employers or managers in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, just not when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that master you are serving is Christ. So when you do your work, work as if you're working for the Lord. He sees everything you do. And even if your boss can't see you, uh, one of the greatest ways to um, make sure that you're not creating conflict or stress in someone's life is to be doing what you were hired to do, to be doing what the Lord has called you to do. So number two, the number th another thing that can cause you uh, stress and burnout in your life is uh, pay uh, slash possessions. So people possessions. The next one's going to be priorities. But anyway, so when you're working for your money, when you get your money, what you do with your money, uh, or how you overspend your money, all of those things can cause stress. So when people are asked about what causes them stress, money is on the top of the list. So having to pay your bills, not paying your bills, having a bill collector call because you didn't pay your bill, that causes a lot of stress. So the solution isn't always more money. Sometimes more money can bring you more stress. First Timothy 6.17 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. So if God has blessed you with resources, it is a great tool for you to use to glorify God. But... Um, if you're constantly concerned about your money and your investments and it keeps you awake at night, how you can make more money, how you can keep more money, how you can earn more interest and everything else, uh, your priorities are out of whack and you may be worshiping money more than God. So uh, we want to remember that when we borrow, 
we need to pay back. When we use our credit card, we should try to do everything we can to pay it off right away. Uh, pay it off at the end of the month so we don't have to pay all that interest. So the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So the Bible says the wicked are the ones that borrow and don't repay. So we should be repaying. Proverbs 22.7 gives us a warning, though, that says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. So we want to be careful that we don't find ourselves in bondage to debt. Uh, that can be a terrible thing. So um, we really should think it through before we buy things, and we really should pray it through when we need things. So this buying furniture, uh, no payments and no interest uh, for a long period of time, or no interest for seven years. Uh, if I buy a couch, it's not going to be around after seven years. Between me, the grandkids, the dog, <laughs> we're going to wear that thing out before the seven years is up, and I'll still be making payments on the couch. So uh, you really need to pray about what you're going to spend. And um, otherwise, if you find yourself deep in debt, if you find yourself overspent, you are going to be stressed, and that is going to be really hard. So we'll call that debt stress. So we need to be content with the things that we have. We need to be content and uh, know that uh, contentment in the Lord is a great thing. So being content or happy is a choice we make because we know whatever we have is more than we deserve. Contentment is not complacency. It is realizing we can enjoy what we have while we plan and work toward our financial goals. So really, um, why don't you pray about everything that you need? Why don't you pray uh, before you pay? So, um, Sometimes we use our credit cards before the Lord has an opportunity to answer our prayer, uh, answer our need. I did that when I was young one time, and I regret that. So uh, wait on the Lord and wait for Him to provide what you need instead of uh, putting it on your credit card and hoping that God makes, hoping that God helps you make the payments. James 4 2 says, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And you should ask God for the things that you need and for the things that you want. Pray through what you need. And with your finances, um, give part of it back to God as an act of worship. So uh, tithing is giving 10% of your income back to God. Uh, that was something that was part of the Old Testament and wasn't condemned by Jesus in the New Testament, but we're supposed to give as we have decided in our hearts. So there's no rule about giving more, and you won't lose your salvation if you give less. But if you don't give back to God, then why would you expect that God is going to bless your finances? So um, when we think about uh, what God has, He owns everything, but He wants our heart. And so when we give back to the Lord, we are doing that as an act of worship. We are showing that we trust Him with our resources, and we are being obedient to what he says about handling money. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will, he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So when you put God first with your finances, then he will bless you and help you to have all that you need.
So 2 Corinthians 9 also talks about that, uh, putting God first in your finances. So uh, tithing is an act of worship. Tithing is a spiritual discipline. Um, Tithing doesn't have to be 10%. Really what you should do is you should think about, all right, how much do I need? And then how much has God given me that I can use to further his kingdom? So for some people, they might only need 50% or 30% of what they earn, and they can use the rest to invest in God's kingdom. So God will honor you as you uh, are faithful with the resources that he gives you. So, matter of fact, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So there's promises that say as we give, as we invest in the kingdom of God, as we store up treasure in heaven, that God will provide what we need. So we should do that, and we should trust that God cares about the things that we do. So I've heard it said that you may think that you can't afford to tithe, but the truth is you can't afford not to tithe. So, you know, Matthew 6.33 is one of those promises that I'm trying to live by. Uh, It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So really think about if you want God to bless your finances and finances and help you with the financial stress of life, that maybe you need to put him first as an act of worship because then you're seeking the kingdom of God and you are concerned about the things that the Lord is concerned about. So as you are um, giving to help fund uh, kingdom work, then the Lord can bless you. So those are some promises that I've just shared that should encourage you to give to your local church. All right, priorities. Priorities, okay? Priorities are um, something that can cause stress when we don't uh, plan our day. When we don't, how's that saying go? We need to plan our work and work our plan and things go a lot better. Priorities. All right, so there's a list in Leadership Magazine that talked about the traits of the stress-prone. So people that are prone to stress. So uh, one, plans day unrealistically. So I used to have a day timer that I would fill out and uh, map time and uh, make a huge list of all the things that I wanted to accomplish. And uh, uh, sometimes that was really stressful because I'd never get it done. On the other hand, maybe I got more done than I would have if I hadn't made a plan. So make a plan, but leave yourself some time in case there's interruptions. You know, people aren't interruptions. Uh, You develop relationships with people. Uh, You need to be kind to people and love people uh, because we're Christ's ambassadors. So plan your day realistically. Anyway, uh, first to arrive, last to leave. Always in a hurry. Makes no plan for relaxation. Feels guilty about doing anything other than work. Sees unforeseen problem as a setback or a disaster. Is always thinking about several other things when working. And finally, feels need to be recognized and overextends because of this. Is that you? You may be stress prone. And then in leadership, it gives uh, some suggestions of what to do. So one, recognize aggravating aspects of your job and accept them rather than fight them. Uh, 
Wisdom to discern what can and cannot be changed. Attempt to change the first and accept the second. Number two, identify your emotional needs and find ways to meet them. Three, practice listening. It is more relaxing than talking. Four, be sensitive to change. Sense it coming and make adjustments. This makes change manageable rather than insurmountable. So priorities. Priorities are huge. And the way we think about life is huge. One of our main priorities is we need to keep our focus on God. We need to prioritize the Lord. And Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 talks about that. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, and they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. We need to prioritize the Lord and focus on God so He can empower us. He can help us to be successful. We need to uh, put God first, and then we need to manage our time well. So um, sometimes it's not that we don't have enough time. Sometimes it's that we don't manage the time that we have well. So, And other times, uh, by the time you're... uh, your time pie, if it was cut up uh, by the, what you need to spend at work and what you need to spend on the road to get to work and home and what you need to spend with your family and blah, 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 cuts that uh, time pie up and doesn't leave you a whole lot for rest. Uh, sometimes when you double up on things, you can get more time, uh, more done in that same amount of time. Like say you're driving to work and you're also listening to an audio, audio Bible and you are spending time in God's Word and even praying while you are driving. Pray with your eyes open, of course, but uh, to use your time wisely. Uh, prioritize your time. Uh, write down that Franklin Covey time management thing's really good. But uh, figure out what your priorities are. Uh, figure out what really needs to be done today and what can wait. Figure out what order they should be done in. And uh, if possible, write out your to-do list the night before uh, or plan your week uh, like before the week starts, and then uh, readjust as you're going through the week. But Ephesians 5.16 says, Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So, um, really, the, one of the best things you can do, though, is to start out your day uh, with the Lord, uh, even if it's just like five or seven minutes, and commit the day to Him. And uh, pray about the things in your day, and the uh, meetings that you have, or the schoolwork that you have to do, or uh, whatever it is that you have. Uh, commit that to the Lord and walk through the day with Him. You know, it's okay to say no unless the pastor of the church asks you to do it, then you can't say no. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Some people probably think that. Uh, You can't do everything. You need to prioritize things. So you should really pray about uh, the things, the opportunities that you have before you and choose things that are important. Choose things that have significant uh, eternal impact. Um, When you're committed to too many things, you get stressed out and you don't do a good job or enjoy any of them. So, um, and sometimes just take time to enjoy the things that God has blessed you with, to enjoy the moment, to enjoy the day. You know, this whole COVID thing has really changed my perspective as to... uh 
you don't really know what tomorrow holds. So you don't know if tomorrow is going to be better or not. So I like to say each day, today is a good day. So I thank God for this day. He's blessed us. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but today is a good day. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm thankful for it. So um, really pray about all the things that cause you stress, the people that cause you stress, the uh, opportunities that you have that can cause you stress, uh, the things, the tasks that you have before you that can cause you stress. So um, pray through it. Pray for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. What a great thing to do. Pray for wisdom. Pray for success. Pray for ideas. Pray as you go. So ask God to give you wisdom in the areas of debt, relationships, time management, all those things, uh, political health problems, racial stuff. Help God, ask God to give you wisdom. So, and talk it out with somebody, with a friend, your husband, your wife, a uh, coworker, um, someone, um, and talking will, uh, help you, um, get through some of the stress. Sometimes you can talk it out. And sometimes to overcome stress, I like to, I like to reward myself. I like to play. I like to uh, tell myself, you know, when I get through this work week, I'm going to do this fun thing. Or when I get done with this project, I'm going to take a break and do this. But uh, take some time to play. Play is a great stress reliever. So um, in the Ten Commandments, he tells us to take a day off for one day off a week of work. So uh, golf, fish, bike, uh, do something you enjoy each week. So matter of fact, Jesus uh, was enjoying life so much his critics accused him of being a party animal. So in Matthew eleven nineteen, it says, the son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So Jesus spent time with people. Jesus spent time doing fun things. Jesus knew his time was limited here. Jesus knew that he only had so much time before he'd go to the cross. But he took some time off. And so plan your week so that you have some time. Again, 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all things for our enjoyment. You know, sometimes God won't remove the stress in our life, but he'll give us the strength and the grace to stand up underneath it. Uh, Sometimes the difficulties that we go through make us stronger and help us to be more effective, help us to be in places where God can use us the most. 1 Peter 5, 6 So so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We're in a spiritual war, and Satan can use stress and fear to shut us down. Uh, Satan wants us to burn out and sit down and be quiet. Sometimes it seems like the more we live for Jesus, the more stress and difficulty we have. But Jesus told us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So um, I know a lot about stress as a pastor. Uh, came in 2001, right after the September 11th tragedies, and we started River Rock Church. We didn't know anybody, but God 
faithfully provided people to become part of the church. And uh, it's been a joy and delight. Uh, some of these people have been with us since the beginning, uh, good friends. And um, we have been provided for in so many ways uh, as a church and have so many stories of God's faithfulness and uh, what God has done in people's lives. Uh, we were able to acquire land uh but we were never able to acquire a building. We were told by some experts that we didn't really need a building because the school would always be available to rent or that always be something available to rent. But COVID changed all that and we're not able to rent the school and we currently don't have a place to meet. We've been meeting outside and God's been faithful every Sunday. We've been outside, it's been okay. Um, usually the weather's nice. One. July, Sunday was really hot. A couple weeks ago, we had problems with wasps. And then when the city took care of that, we thought that was over. And then last week, we had a problem with bees. So the bees bugged the church people. So I don't think we'll go back to that park again this, this season. But anyway, uh, so we're in need of a building. And there's a building available that we would like to get. And we'd like to sell or leverage our land so that we can get this 6,000 square foot building. Uh, only problem is, is because of COVID, our attendance and giving is down and that makes it more difficult to go acquire a loan. So would you pray with us that uh, we'd be able to sell, cash out our land to get this building if it's God's will or that we would be able to leverage that land and get an interest only loan until we sell the land and that our church people would um, continue to stick around as we try to figure out where to meet and what to do. And even if we get a building, we're not sure what will happen with this COVID thing. Will it um, keep people from coming to church as people start to go inside? Will more people get it? Um, we don't really know what the future is, but we want to be faithful from day to day and serve God with what he has. But as a pastor, it's kind of stressful to wonder what happens tomorrow or, you know, what happens when it gets cold out for the church? Will the church thrive and survive or will just people grow weary and give up? So anyway, uh, stress, burnout, something real in everybody's life, whether they're Christ followers or not, but we need to trust in Jesus and wait on him and trust that whatever he decides is is good. We look forward to his plan. So uh, we'd like to pray for you. Uh, let us know how to pray for you at riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Uh, there's a thing you can fill out and send us your prayer request and we'll share that with our prayer team. You can watch other messages at riverrockchurch.com slash watch or listen to them on riverrockchurch.com slash listen. So this week, Amazon announced that they now have podcasts and Amazon Music, and we are there. Uh, River Rock Church is on Amazon Music as we're on Spotify and TuneIn Radio and um, all these different other services to iTunes. Um, but anyway... Um, you can give to support River Rock Church at riverrockchurch.com slash give. You can find out about what groups we have meeting at riverrockchurch.com slash group. But anyway, I'm so glad that uh, you've uh, taken time to listen this this much, this far. Uh, I've had a lot of lot to say. I have a lot of other things I could say too. I've used way too much time. But let me just pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for whoever is watching this. 
Lord, I pray that whatever stress they have in their life, that you would help them to find victory and not burn out. Lord, I pray that you would provide her every need in a miraculous way. Lord, I pray that you'd bless those people who give, and I pray that you give us wisdom to use our time wisely. Lord, I pray that we would value people in relationships, and they would be uh, they would bring us joy more than trouble. Lord, I pray that you would help lost people to get saved and save people to serve and follow you. And those who are committed to serving and following you to find ministries to start and to make a difference in this world. Lord, if there's anybody out there that's never received you as their Lord and Savior, help them to acknowledge that they are sinners in need of a Savior. And even pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um... Anyway, so that's it for me. So I'll probably be back next week with another video and I'll be uh, sharing uh, this topic uh, Sunday at 10 a.m., probably at the cricket field. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.